In today's show, we're looking at the New Orleans Pelicans from a fantasy basketball perspective for the upcoming season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. My voice might be getting a little bit cracky here. This is the fifth podcast that I'm recording for today. Memphis Grizzlies season preview. Pelicans season preview. Grizzlies fantasy basketball preview. This Pelicans fantasy basketball preview, plus a points league mock draft. So much content. More shows coming the rest of this week as well. We've got tiers coming later the week. Small forward, power forward, center tiers will be coming later this week as well. More team previews. There is so much going on. I can't wait till the team previews are done. I love doing them, but there's a lot to talk about. And then we get them out of the way, and then we move into more fantasy stuff as well. But let's talk about this New Orleans Pelicans team and how they look for this upcoming season. Let's start with the schedule. 52 quality games for the Pelicans. Pretty good number. Yeah, not a bad number. Marginally above average. That's that's not too bad. 13 back-to-backs, totally fine as well. No one enters this season injured, so that's a good sign. We don't have to worry too much about that. Of course, we always are concerned with back-to-backs if someone does get hurt. No, Zion is not sitting back-to-backs. It's just not happening unless he gets hurt. So don't people overestimate the back-to-backs a lot, that people are just going to be sitting every back-to-back as they go along. There'll be players that do it. There'll be some random ones that happen that you don't expect, but it's just not going to be a regular thing that happens all the time. In the Yahoo default playoffs... The Pals have 10 games, a 3-4-3 schedule. It's not great. It's not bad. It's not great. And in my default playoffs, which end March 20th, they have 10 games. Yeah, it's a little bit better. 3-4-3 three, and three across that time frame as well. So that's how it all uh, looks at this point for the Pelicans. Again, an okay schedule, probably an average schedule, marginally above average quality games, marginally above average or below average back-to-backs, which is a good thing. Playoffs aren't, aren't the best, but they're not terrible. Not too bad on the schedule side of things when looking at the New Orleans Pelicans. What can impact their projections? What are the pressure points for this team? I think Jonas Valanciunas is uh, is a pretty big one there. Jonas Vasilinovasas. If Valanciunas plays 30 minutes a night, he probably pushes into the top 50. If he plays 25 minutes a night, like Jake Madison suggested, then the value of him at Yahoo rank of 40, is not going to come to fruition. Now, Valanciunas was the 29th ranked player last year in 28 minutes a game. He's ranked 40th on Yahoo, 60th on ESPN. I think he probably falls somewhere in the middle there, but the risk there, I think, that he pushes further backwards than 50, more towards the 60 versus more towards the 40. The usage will be pretty much lower, I think, in New Orleans with Ingram and Zion there and Devontae Graham. And there is a risk that they play Zion at center and get more Jackson Hayes in there. And that limits Valanciunas because he's not a part of their future. He's an unrestricted free agent after this season. So how that goes 
for him. I, I think it's very risky to be looking at him at pick number 40. As much as I love Valanciunas, and you all know that I do like Valanciunas as a player and as a fantasy guy, I'm a little bit worried that his minutes are going to push back a little bit from where they were. The other thing that can impact it is if whether Nikhil Alexander-Walker actually starts or whether they go with Josh Hart. I do think it'll be Alexander Walker. I'd be pretty surprised if it's not. But it's not just all about them starting. Does he play starters minutes? Does Alexander Walker play 26 minutes? Or does he play 33 minutes? Does Josh Hart play 24 minutes? Or does he play 30 minutes? Because 26 minutes of Alexander Walker versus 30 minutes of Hart is clearly Josh Hart that you go for. 33 versus 27, where 27 is Hart, then you take Alexander Walker. And we just don't know how that position's going to roll at this point. I do think it's Alexander Walker. He is by far the guy that I prioritize in a fantasy situation. And his value looks all right as well. He's got a rank of 127 on Yahoo. I love that. I hate 70. He's 74 on ESPN. Hate that. Hate it. ESPN drafters are letting him slide. His ADP is 97. So that's interesting. I think 97 to 115 is probably the right range for Alexander Walker. And in points leagues, you probably go you know, a little bit higher than that. Not much, but a little bit higher. But that that's an interesting draft spot for or ranking for him uh, over on ESPN there for sure. And then there's the new coach, Stan, Vandy, Stan Van Gundy. I was going to call him Stan Vundy. Stan Van Gundy is gone. Willie Green is in. Jake agrees with me that they're going to increase the pace again. That's great for their fantasy value. I think it helps everyone's overall fantasy projection to have someone that's not Stan Van Gundy there. I think he's not a great coach for a fantasy point of view. I think Willie's going to really boost the value, but we don't know that. We're making an assumption, but we don't know. We hope that's going to be the case, but again, we're just not certain. But I am certain that if you deal with excessive sweating, you have hyperhidrosis issues, sweat block is the answer. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. You get the sweat block wipes, you put them under your arm, you go to bed, you wake up the next morning, you have a wash, off to school, off to work, do your presentation, talk to your boss, talk to whoever it is that you might uh, be attracted to in the office at school, whatever it is, and do it without the worry about having the uh, the swimming pools under your arms. It is stronger than most clinical antiperspirants out there and sweat block has been tested. You might have seen it on Rachel Ray. You might have seen Rachel Ray's show. I don't know. I've never have. Maybe you have, but you've seen sweat block. You've heard of it. Go to sweatblock.com. Save 20% by using our promo code LOCKEDON. It's also on Amazon. It's at CVS. It's everywhere, but save 20% by going to sweatblock.com and using the promo code LOCKEDON. Sweatblock is the, uh, the product you need to help with your excessive sweating issues. Daily fantasy sports can be tough. 85% of people who play DFS lose. That's not great odds. And you know, you're up against thousands of people, experts who have got more time, more money, more tools to get the result that they want. Well, Stat Hero is here. It is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the players in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and it dares you to beat them. You just have to build a lineup to beat the lineup that you see. It's like almost playing blackjack with a dealer. You can see his cards. So you know what you're up against. So you know how to build your lineup. You name your stakes. Winner take all. You have that advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it is meant to be. One on one. I was... <laughs> I was going to use a naked gun joke. I'm not sure Stat Hero would approve. Who cares? They're not listening to this. As I say, I like my DFS the way I like my sex. One-on-one with as little dribbling as possible. But that's like the basketball joke in there for naked gun. Anyway, I'm all over the shop. Go to stathero.com slash locked on and sign up for free. And right now, you get three times back on your first play. That's a 300% match, which is absolutely bonkers. Stathero.com. Try again. Stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com. Hero.com slash locked on. All right. 
Let's go to the next thing with the Pelicans. Breakout candidates. It has to be Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think he's one of the best breakout candidates in the entire NBA. I think he starts. I think he takes a lot of shots. I think he misses a lot of them. He doesn't do huge amounts else. He can be an okay steals guy. Pretty good steals guy. Not a bad shot blocker for a guard. But you worry with his efficiency from the line and from the field. But he's going to take a lot of shots. He's going to hit threes. He's not a bad rebounder. He's not a great passer. But he's a real breakout guy. And if he ended up as a top 70 guy, I don't think that's an outrageous thing to say. The Pelicans would love if Kyra Lewis could break out as well. We talked with Jake earlier that he said maybe Devontae's role is best in the second unit. And that would require a Kyra Lewis breakout for him to start. They would love Kyra and Nikhil to start together. I really think that's not going to happen. But maybe Lewis, who didn't look ready in Summer League, didn't look ready last year, showed some flashes. I think he's going to get an opportunity, but yeah, it's a long way away. He's just a name to watch. It's a rotation to pay attention to, to see exactly what Lewis's role is going to be and how he performs in that role before we get too excited. But it is uh, him and Alexander Walker are two breakout candidates. You could also throw Jackson Hayes in there as well. Hayes could come up and become the starting center. More development in his three-point shooting which is absolutely key for him to become a useful fantasy player and a useful NBA player. So throw Jackson Hayes' name in that mix as a possible breakout candidate as well. Let's look at fantasy sleepers now. Brandon Ingram. He's at 40 on Fantrax, 45 on Yahoo. There's a bit of value. I think he's like a 35 to 42 sort of a guy in category leagues. And in points leagues, he's probably around that same area. But on ESPN, he's at 53. I don't really understand that. He was 36th last season. Ingram was 36th in category and points leagues in both. So I don't get him at 53. That's real value to me. That's fifth round in a 12-team league. That's ridiculous. Fourth round at worst, I think, from Ingram. He's just, he's good, but he's unsexy because we look at him and go, well, is he going to blow up? Is he going to blow us away? He he did that two years ago, but what is he improving on now? Is he just going to keep doing what he's doing? I think he's going to keep doing what he's doing. So it's almost the Tobias Harris effect. You're just doing shit that's very unsexy. For as good as you are, you're just producing that value. And I think, yeah, that ranking of 53 is ridiculous. I think Alexander Walker at 127 on Yahoo and 123 on Fantrax is way too low. That's round 11 type territory. Uh, To me, he's a 10th round, 9th round sort of player in that 95 to 105, 110 versus being 120. I would not wait for him at that area. His Yahoo ADP is at 124, so it's come in a little bit. His Fantrax ADP is on the way in as well. So people are starting to recognize that. So he might not be a sleeper for long. And Yahoo might do a wild adjustment and put him at 80, which they do so often with guys that they rank incorrectly. And then you go, well, maybe that's a stay away. Josh the Hitman Hart. And I don't love him as an absolute top 100 sort of guy, but he's at 257 on Yahoo. He is at 143 on Fantrax, which is about right. 157 on ESPN, again, about right. I don't mind him as a 12-team league guy, Hart, in category leagues especially with his rebounding ability. In points leagues, I don't actually mind him either as well. But 257 is insanity. Like, what are we doing? Why is he down that low? That puts him basically last round in a 20-team league. Yeah, that's craziness. Josh Hart is obviously better than that. And I'm going to throw this guy in here as well. Like me and Jake discussed on the, the local perspective preview, Trey Murphy, I would like to see him start next to Zion. Get him out there, play 27 minutes, hit three threes a game, score 12 points, do a little bit defensively. But regardless, I think he's going to be in the rotation. He's 630th on Yahoo. He's unranked on ESPN and unranked unranked on Fantrax. 
I wouldn't wa- worry about him in a 12-team league. I would keep an eye on him. But in an 18-team league, sure. 20-team league, no worries. 630, there's not even 630 players in the NBA. So why the hell is he down that low? That makes zero sense. Why is he six? You've got to scroll all the way down. You've got to just go to the search box and type in Murphy. So if you're in a 20-teamer, you're in a 30-teamer. You've got to, you got to be drafting Trey Murphy. 18-teamers, I'd even consider. It's ridiculous that he's that low. So I've got to bring it to your attention that he's down that far. So if you are in one of those deeper leagues and you're getting towards the end of a draft, he's a name that you'd be taking. You're looking at a guy that, yeah, maybe it's best case he's top 200. Regardless, that still has an impact in a lot of different leagues and he should not be down that low. Busts. I think Devontae Graham's got to be considered here. Graham was all right last year. It wasn't a great situation for him. 116th in category leagues. Played 30 minutes a night though. So he wasn't playing 22 minutes a night as a backup. He played 30 minutes. He was 101st in a points league in 30 minutes. I do expect him to be better. Yeah, a little bit better. But it's not a great situation with Ingram and Zion handling the ball and with the potential of Sadoransky and Lewis and Alexander Walker. It's not the greatest situation. But ESPN has him at 46. 46! My guys. What? What? 46! What's going on? Get that garbage out of here! Um... Yahoo's got him at 88. That's a little bit rich for me as well. Fantrax at 101, I think is about right. And if you took him at 95, that's not too bad. But 46, far out. Now, ESPN drafters are, are you know, calling that out for the nonsense that it is. Their you know, ADP is at 67. That's still too high. But to me, that, that screams of someone getting auto-drafted a lot or just saying, well, he's at the top. I've got to pick him. Why is he there? That's absolute craziness to me to have him at 46. That is... Absolute best case scenario plus Zion getting hurt type outcome. And in a category league, he probably doesn't get there because of how shitty shooting is. That's it. It is. It remains absolutely insane to have him uh, at that spot in a draft. It makes no sense whatsoever. Let's look at some deep league flyer type players. Jackson Hayes. Maybe he does get a start at some point. I love him in like a 16 team format. Um, maybe there's some sort of sanction coming for his legal issues. I don't know. But yeah, ideally, they want him to be the starter, not Balanchunas. Yeah, long-term, he is the starter. And if he shows the development, they will give him that job. So he is an interesting deep league guy or someone to watch. Uh, wouldn't necessarily say a last pick in standard leagues, but someone to watch. Same with Kyra Lewis. They'd love him to have a big role. Don't think he'll get there, but he's a nice deep league guy. And then Trey Murphy, similarly. Someone who is shown an ability to shoot in summer league. Some defensive ability. I think he fits perfectly what they need. A defensive, three-point shooting, sizable wing player. Next to Ingram, next to Zion, replacing those guys, playing alongside those guys. Nice deeper league guys. If I'm going to take any of those guys as a standard league player with my last pick, it probably is Hayes, just to see what happens. But those other names have to be on your deeper league radar. I don't really think there's too much argument with that. There's also no argument about the best place to get parts for your car. That is rockauto.com. You don't want to go into a local chain auto parts store, line up behind the counter for the bloke to tell you, yeah, man, I don't have it in stock. I'm going to have to order it and I'm going to charge you an arm and a leg. And you go, arm and a leg? My guy, rockauto.com. Why would I I spend more money with you? I can get it. For start off, I don't have to talk to you and your condescending attitude. I can just order it at rockauto.com. All the parts that I need for my car are right there at my fingertips. Rock Auto is an online family business that's been serving auto parts customers for 20 years. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, 
flux capacitors, whatever it is you need for your car, Rock Auto has you covered. And go to their website, rockauto.com, find all the parts available for your car or truck, and then once you're ready to check out in their How Did You Hear About Us box, just write Locked On so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's have a look at the rest of the guys on this team. Tomas Sadoransky, he could start and play 30 minutes, or he might be out of the rotation. He is absolutely low upside, but solid enough as a player. That if they need a guy who can be defensive, who can play off ball, who can hit some threes, Tomas can do that. He played 23 minutes a night. He was the 180th ranked player. I don't think he's going to have that level of a role. But again, this is, we don't know what Willie Green's going to do. He's an interesting guy who gives them some flexibility. If Billy Hernan Gomez plays 25 minutes, he is a fantasy guy. He's a double-double player with good field goal and good free throw percentage. He could also be out of the rotation as Hayes gets those backup minutes behind Valanchunas. But when the opportunity arises for Bill, he produces. We've seen it plenty of times. Najee Marshall. Again, I don't know how this rotation is going to go. Could Marshall play 26 minutes a night? Sure. Could he play 12 minutes a night as the guy that's behind Hart, Sadoransky, Murphy, uh, Kyra Lewis, Garrett Temple? Maybe. I think they'd like to give him minutes over Tomas and over Garrett, but I don't know. I wouldn't be drafting him, but he was pretty impressive last season and he did well in summer league. Garrett Temple, it feels like everywhere he goes, he gets too many minutes. I don't think that'll be the case this year, but watch. Regardless, he's usually a terrible fantasy player. He played 27 minutes a night for the Bulls last year. No wonder they missed the playoffs. Um, Herb Jones, second round guy, great defensive stats in summer league, just not going to get an opportunity this season. Um, Dalton Holmes and Jose Alvarado are their two-way guys. There's a lot of too much depth on this team for them to have any impact. And then Didi Luzada, who defends really well, but the shot is just abysmal. And I don't think, again, with guys like Jones, Marshall, Murphy, Sadoransky, Temple, all ahead of him playing the same position, I don't think we're going to see much of Didi this season. They've also got Wenyan Gabriel on the roster, but they need to cut someone. They've got too many players there. So I think that he is the most likely guy to get cut. But maybe it is Didi that ends up going, or maybe they've agreed to some sort of buyout with Garrett Temple. Uh, so he isn't on the roster. So that is how that team looks. Now, if you want to just go through things, uh, did I even talk about Zion Williamson? I didn't. I didn't talk about Zion Williamson. Let's talk about Zion Williamson. Zion last year was the 41st ranked player in a category league. Zion is currently ranked 20th on ESPN, 17th on Yahoo. In a points league, he's a top 10 pick. In a category league, I have no problem with taking him in the second round, understanding that I'm punting free throws, and he's probably a top 12, top 14 guy in a punt free throw scenario. I think he's going to get more assists. I think he's going to absolutely blow through the roof this season, and I think that he is a second round guy. While that rank of 20 or 17 seems high, it is a little bit high, but in a points league, it's actually too low for Zion Williamson. So it does depend on your format. Ingram is a solid third round, fourth round sort of guy. We talked about him. Valanchunas in that 50 to 65, 70 type range, probably pushing towards the back end more. Alexander Walker, Devontae Graham in the 95 to 110 sort of area, not too high on Graham. Josh Hart is an interesting last round sort of player. And then Hayes is a flyer and maybe a Trey Murphy or a Najee Marshall or even a Kyra Lewis if you want to take flyers there. But this is a really interesting squad to see how everything pans out for them and how that rotation goes and how things work with Willie Green as the head coach because we don't know what Willie Green's going to do as a head coach because it is, of course, his first time being one of those. Guys, this will do it for me today. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. 
I hope you've enjoyed all the content that's come today, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.